0: Hello friends and welcome to Men Do Disney, episode 111. To stay or not to stay again for the second time, third time. My name is Pete and joining me tonight are Matt.
1: What's up everybody? Three for three, the streak is on. And Tom.
2: He is officially streaking, three in a row. This is, uh, this is impressive and probably the first time it's happened since we started the podcast.
0: We're three guys who want to help you make the most of your Disney World vacation as well as to bring some of that Disney magic into your life every day. So put on your favorite pair of Mickey ears, low your safety harness, remain seated until the ride has come to a complete stop, and men, let's do Disney. I actually did see the finger guns that time, so I, I know you were—I know you were being serious.
2: Yeah, shot the uh, shot the finger guns at Matt. This is this is a monumental day. Three episodes in a row. Can he make it
1: for Vegas? Says no, but we'll see. Guys, my streak is actually like a 24-25. That's, that's my original streak. Now, since then, I don't think I've made three in a row. Probably from episode 25 to episode 78. I was there, maybe one of those.
0: <laughs> but I, I just got a phone call. From, I don't know who it was, but it was a Las Vegas number. It said minus 350 on Matt not showing up next week. So
1: You know what? I'm, I'm pot committed. I got a lot more time on my hands now than I used to. Um, so let's let's go. Let's let's make it four in a row. Heck, let's make it five in a row. Let's let's shoot for five in a row, and then we'll talk. We'll talk about it again. We're getting we're getting ahead of ourselves.
0: Uh, tonight's episode, we're going to revisit a topic that I, I know we've talked about at least twice now, but a lot has changed since then, and we really feel like we want to we want to talk about this again. And, and this is to stay or not to stay on Disney property. So we're gonna we're gonna go through the different options that you have on both on property and off property. And then we're going to make a determination, make a recommendation based on the benefits that you get based on the cost as to what we would do. So it may be a little bit of a review for some of you folks that have, uh, that have been going to Disney for a long time, but I think, I think we'll uh, we'll still have some good information in here, especially if you're not familiar with all of the hotels and, and all the hotel options that Disney has. So before we get into that, let's go to the news for this week. So let's start with Epcot this week. We had a lot of news there. First thing, reduced hours for numerous attractions during evening extra magic hours starting next week. So the attractions that are going to be impacted are all the Kidcot attractions, American Adventure, Awesome Planet, Beauty and the Beast, Canada, Impressions of France, and Reflections of China. All these will be closed for extra magic hours. So if you don't get your Beauty and the Beast or your O Canada fixed during the day, you're not going to be able to watch it at night. Sorry. Next up, uh, there are walls pretty much around the entire center of Future World right now, to the point where it is it is impossible to get around. Uh, and and this has actually caused them to put in a temporary exit over by the seas, because I mean you you legitimately can't walk through the center of Future World right now. There's all kinds of new directional signs up, all kinds of, you know, guideposts to help people get around. But it's it's a mess at Epcot right now. So stay out of Future World if you can avoid it. Uh, there are new temporary FastPass kiosks over by. T- Does anybody actually use these over by Test Track?
2: I don't think so, but I didn't. No- I did notice that they have new ones there now. I mean, someone has to be using them, otherwise they wouldn't put new ones in. I mean, they
0: put a lot of them. In. There's like six or seven of them here. I mean,
2: there are. Yep.
0: I- I don't know how you function at Disney without a smartphone, but anyway. And then finally, Regal Eagle has been delayed again. It's still not open. I think it was supposed to open at the beginning of this month. Still no official word on when it's going to be open. Tom, you guys are heading down there this weekend. Hopefully, let us know how it is. Hopefully, it'll be open.
2: Yeah, I'm pretty frustrated that Regal Eagle has not opened because I was looking forward to eating there. Uh, They have some unique drink offerings as well that I was going to try. And I I don't anticipate it being open this weekend either, by the way. I mean, it wasn't open today. Uh, We're we're recording this on President's Day. so It it would have made sense,
0: right? All right, so let's take the monorail over to Magic Kingdom. Just a couple of things here. First off, hours at Magic Kingdom have been extended April 1st through 4th to 10 p.m. So the park won't close until 10 p.m. As a result of that evening, Magic Hours have been extended to 11 p.m. And then... This came out today. Apparently the castle is getting another makeover. And the the pictures that I've seen are okay, but all I can think about when I when I hear this is birthday cake.
2: Yeah, I, I so the concept art, I guess it's released with it doesn't look that drastic to me of a difference than what it looks like today. But anytime they make over the castle, I think everyone collectively holds their breath.
0: Yeah, you never know what you're going to get. So moving over to Hollywood Studios now. I guess if we were at Epcot we could take the gondola, but We're not, so we'll just have to Uber over there. Cast member previews have started for Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. I I think from what I've heard, results have been good. I haven't heard anything bad yet. So unfortunately, they're not going to bring Great Movie Ride back. Uh, The Disney Movie Magic Show, and I think they did this last year, is set to return on March 12th on the uh, Chinese Theater. And this is just a projection show. There's no fireworks. But it, it does have scenes from from classic Disney movies or some Marvel movies. I think Pirates of the Caribbean, I think there's some sword fighting or something in there. It's a good show.
2: It's not bad. I've watched it a handful of times now. It's not bad.
0: Mike. This is interesting. Mike Wazowski is going to be removed from the Monsters, Inc. meet and greet beginning February 22nd. So I guess Sully's going to be the only one here. I don't really understand Seems this. Odd. Yeah, I don't really get this at all. But that's going to happen. And then... Star Wars A Galaxy Far, Far Away is finally ending its what seems like 25-year run at Hollywood Studios on February 22nd. I, I talked about this last week and, and on the news, and we finally have a confirmation date. This just makes sense that they're not going to want that area in uh, in front of the Chinese theater all tied up with the stage and, and people waiting with Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway opening.
2: Yep, totally agree with you. I This is not a show that I particularly care for. Uh, but I'm not the biggest Star Wars fan in the world. I definitely have watched a, a uh, it. I've, I've probably seen the entire show just by walking past that area enough while it's going on. But I, I think once Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway is fully open, there's no... And, and now what you have with Galaxy's Edge, there's no need for this show.
0: No, I mean, it's literally just a parade of Star Wars characters, right? And then there's some fireworks or fire coming up from the stage, whatever. Nothing to Animal Kingdom this week. So just a couple of pieces of general news and and really, they're both the same. Price increases again. Uh, everybody saw this coming. I didn't see it coming as quick as it happened. Luckily, I was able to buy a ticket before uh, before the prices increased. But uh, park hoppers went up about five dollars a day, and then annual pass price increases. Platinum Plus went from twelve nineteen to twelve ninety five. Platinum one nineteen to eleven ninety five. Gold up $20, silver up $20, select up, actually select is the same, weekday select up $20, Epcot after four is up $15. The premier passport, so the premier park-to-park passport that gets you into Disney World and Disneyland is up to $2,199 plus tax.
2: Unbelievable.
0: So I'm very pleased that I'm going to be able to spend $1,195 on an annual pass this year. It feels you're like pulling the trigger. It feels like you got your yours for under thousand dollars.
2: I did. I did. Hmm. I've gotten good use out of it as well. If you if you're wondering,
0: that's all the news. Anything else?
2: No, I think that about does it. Uh, a lot of news, but just kind of quick hitter type items. You know, I would anticipate as we near the opening date for Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, and then uh, as we have a couple more Disney trips under our belt, this segment will expand with things to share.
0: I did just think of one more, uh, final piece of not really news, but one other thing to talk about. We, uh, we did just release our first Patreon only episode. People seem to like it. So if you are interested, uh, in becoming a Patreon supporter, check it out at uh, patreon.com slash wdw. And again, we're going to try to do, uh, do an episode at least one a month extra episode. And if we can, uh, if we can get some more in there, you know, our, our ultimate goal is to have another two or three a month, but uh, for now, it's, it's going to be one extra long uh, extra episode a month. Okay, so let's pause for just a second now to hear from our sponsor, Kingdom Strollers.
3: So your family is coming to Orlando, and the thought of lugging your stroller onto the plane isn't your idea of fun, but you're smart enough to know that conquering the theme parks of Orlando without a stroller for your kids could be a vacation killer. Then, choose from helpful free accessories like cooler bags and rain covers. It couldn't be easier. If you have any questions or concerns, you can check our FAQ page or just give us a call. We are always ready to answer your questions. Once you've placed your reservation, there's nothing left to do except count down the days until you're in sunny Florida. So what are you waiting for? Go ahead and book your stroller or crib from Kingdom Strollers today.
0: All right guys, let's uh, let's let's start on this topic again and you know, it's it's been a while since I've stayed on on Disney property actually. I'll, I'll go ahead and get that out front. Tom, you guys stayed December, correct? On property?
2: Yes, at the Pop Century. And Pete, I mean you've stayed at a few DVC re- resorts. So,
0: y- yeah, I have. It it hasn't been, you know, it's been a year at this point. So it's been a while since since I've stayed on property. But again, a lot has changed since the last time we talked about this. So we'll, we'll go through the various options that are out there and uh, and, and kind of try to make a determination at that point what, uh, what we think we should
1: do. And I think one of the reasons we wanted to go ahead with this podcast and revisit this topic is if you guys are like me, you're seeing Disney ads all over commercials right now talking about 25% off with your resort stay. And I think it's a good time for us to kind of revisit this and talk about, you know, even with 25% off, you know, where would we recommend going, time frame, that kind of thing.
0: Yeah. Okay. So on-property options, let's start with that since since I think that's what most people think of when they think of staying at Disney, right, is the on-property options. Three, three resort categories. You've got deluxe resorts, you've got moderate resorts, and you've got value resorts. The deluxe resorts are kind of the, the iconic Disney hotels that you think of, right? I mean – these are these are hotels that you you see from the theme parks. These are hotels that are heavily advertised. So let's so let's go through them a little bit. I think first and foremost we've got to talk about the Grand Floridian. This is really Disney's flagship deluxe hotel. This is the the nicest hotel they have. This is the most expensive hotel they have, not the newest hotel they have, but it is kind of the most opulent hotel at Disney World.
1: And I think that's for a number of reasons when you think about the Grand Floridian. The first thing that comes into mind for me is how beautiful the resort is. I mean, this is a Victorian themed resort, but also there's a monorail that comes to the resort that takes you to Epcot and to the Magic Kingdom. So while it it is very nice and the theme of this makes you really feel like you're staying in a a great hotel, you know, it's also just being so close to the parks for children. When you're a family with children, it actually makes this really unique. So of the,
2: the deluxe hotels on the monorail loop, this is the one I would least want to stay in. Just my personal preference. I feel like every time I walk in there, I'm going to break something. But, I, I mean, it's a great resort, and they've added a new lounge there now. You have They, uh, they have. It, it's Beauty and the Beast themed. Very, very nice. It is very expensive. But if you're staying at Grand Floridian, I would assume you have the wallet to afford
1: and on top of that, I think if you're actually watching the commercials that I'm seeing right now, they're actually walking into the Grand Floridian Resort. When you see um, Cinderella come down the staircase, and when the children walking into the resort, and you see the star, the stormtroopers, you know, stepping off the elevator. So this is the Grand Floridian. This is what Disney wants you to see on their commercials, and wants you to feel to feel this kind of a, this atmosphere when you walk in. And you and you certainly do. Yeah, and I,
0: I don't I don't think any, either of or any of us have have stayed at this resort, correct? I've been not. there a couple times, but but never never stayed there.
2: It's one of those resorts, especially during the Christmas holiday, that I make sure we visit because the Christmas tree is fantastic. The gingerbread house that we talked about on the Christmas episode is awesome. Decorations are great, but it's probably not not uh not my favorite on the deluxe on the deluxe uh, monorail loop. All
0: right, well let's let's go on to the next hotel on the monorail loop. And this is one of the original two hotels that, that were built at Disney World. And this is the contemporary. This is the iconic A-frame building across from, uh, across from Magic Kingdom on the Seven Seas Lagoon, right, right next to, in fact, Grand Floridian. Well, I say right next to, but right down the, right down the shore from Grand Floridian. And this is, of course, the hotel that everybody knows is this is the hotel that the monorail goes right through the middle of. And, and I think there's a lot more to this hotel than that, but, but that's kind of how everybody, uh, how everybody remembers this one.
2: Yeah, this is, I don't know. It's tough now, the older I've gotten, but as a kid, this is by far my, my favorite hotel at Disney world. I uh, did not have the opportunity to stay there, but I've eaten there many times. I've eaten at both California grill and chef Mickey's. It's iconic. I mean, if, if you look at Disney's history, this is obviously one of the first hotels, the original one of the original hotels of Walt Disney World, and so having the monorail go through the middle of it was very sleek and fut- futuristic at that time. I don't know if it's still something people love because it is rather loud when the monorail blows through there, but still one of the one of the cool on-property options if you're going down to Disney World, and similarly to Grand Floridian, it's it's right by Magic Kingdom, so if you have little ones, the accessibility for uh, ways to get to the park are very, very easy. And you can actually walk. It's it's a really short walk to Magic Kingdom from here.
1: And again, going back to one of our last episodes, I can't remember if it was last week or the week before, but we did talk about Chef Mickey's as a a restaurant that we enjoy going to, especially like a character breakfast. And that, again, is in the contemporary.
0: Yeah, and and like Tom said, you can walk from contemporary to Magic Kingdom. It's a very easy walk. In fact, we've gotten dropped off here you know, via Uber to walk to Magic Kingdom and it's a lot quicker than trying to take the uh take the tr uh whatchamacallit the boat over. Yeah, you can do this. It's an older hotel, right? It's aging. It, it's definitely showing its age. My my favorite part of this hotel I think is the uh is the big Mary Blair mural. Kind of a iconic Disney uh Disney site for me.
2: Alright so legged mo- goat.
0: Mo- there you go. There you yep. go. So moving on down the Seven Seas Lagoon. We're going to come to the Polynesian. And this is the second of the two original hotels that were built at Walt Disney World. This is kind of an Oceania-themed, island-themed hotel. And and, and these are very iconic-looking buildings as well. I would say as iconic as a contemporary, because these are giant longhouse-shaped uh, shaped buildings. They've They have been recently renovated, so these rooms are obviously not the same as they were when when the when the uh Polynesian opened and, and I'll go ahead and say this is this is my favorite of all
1: the deluxe hotels and
0: and quite possibly my favorite hotel at uh, at Disney World.
1: I can't say anything other than I agree with you Pete. Um I think it is a unique resort just from the way that you know it looks, but also when you walk inside and you get a feel for it and it's being on that monorail loop, I think that it's probably you know to me, just kind of like the Grand Floridian, it's not going to be as loud as the Contemporary, but I think for all in all, I think I'd rather stay at the Polynesian than the Grand Floridian when you take in the price difference, where there is a slight price difference. But like I said, I've never stayed at one of these deluxe resorts. I don't know when I'm going to be able to.
2: Yeah, so Pete, I think on the Polynesian, obviously you hit a lot of the big parts of it, probably right there up with the Contemporary is one of my personal favorites. Ohana is obviously a, a must-see and do for me. Trader Sam's is, it obviously is a must-see and do, so... um that's a uh, that's a big one. Uh, another uh, deluxe resort that's uh, there now at Disney World, Riviera. Don't know a ton about Riviera. I haven't even had a chance to visit, and so I, I don't have a ton to offer here.
0: So this is themed to the European Riviera, the Italian and French Riviera. It's a beautiful hotel. It's 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 absolutely gorgeous. I I included this in here because it is a deluxe resort, but really it's it's more of a DVC property than anything else, right? I mean. You certainly can stay here, but it is more of a DVC uh, DVC property. So, and it is on the Skyliner. So, this is kind of one of the terminal points of the uh, of the Skyliner uh, of the Skyliner, and really just just a it's it's the newest resort at Disney World right now.
2: Now, Pete, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you take the take the lead too on the next deluxe resort of Wilderness Lodge.
0: Yeah, so we stayed we stayed at Wilderness Lodge back in January of of last year and uh and again it's it's right on the shores of of the uh, it's actually right across from the contemporary you can you can take a boat from the contemporary over to wilderness lodge and back and it's it's themed to the the western united states you know the the northwest pacific northwest there's some native american elements in there it's the hotel itself is, is modeled after the old faithful inn at yellowstone and it's it's a beautiful tall log cabin. And Tom, you, you, you guys did spend some time over there, I guess, uh, Christmas last year, right?
2: We did. And, and primarily went just for the, the decorations, but you obviously had the opportunity to see, you know, Whispering Canyon Cafe went right by that. Uh, we did see the, uh, artificial geyser. I mean, and then Outback, just, yeah. I mean, just the way that, I mean, just the layout of the resort, it, it is probably the one resort that feels really homey to me when you walk into
0: it 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 definitely does and there's there's two DVC properties here there's Boulder Ridge and there's Copper Creek yeah pretty very pretty resort definitely uh definitely worth checking out it's you know it's one that's not on the monorail loop so n- not as many people go there that are not staying there but it is a very pretty uh, resort
2: now another one that's a, a very popular resort and extremely unique is the Animal Kingdom Lodge it's an African themed it's in the Animal Kingdom area however it's really i mean it's it's far out there uh, in in relation to where these other ones are uh, I guess in comparison, but you do have the wildlife that is uh, within proximity to the public areas of the hotel and the rooms. There are Savannah Savannah View rooms where you can get very close to the wildlife. It has a few great, you know, a few restaurants that that are, are pretty well known. Uh, Boma Sana are probably the two that that I hear talked about the most. And uh, this is another one that it's on my bucket list. I actually looked. To see if we could do this one for our anniversary, I tried to rent some DVC points and and go about it that way. But uh, yeah, this is another op- option for you on the deluxe uh, deluxe property options.
0: And then finally, really two resorts here, but we're gonna we're gonna combine them and talk about them as one. And that's the Yacht Club and the Beach Club. These are both located in the Boardwalk area, and this is similar to Copper Creek, Boulder Ridge, and how they're put together. The theming's a little bit different but they're they're right there with each other this is uh I mean the, the boardwalk area is a great a great area to stay right you're you're pretty much halfway between or you're right outside the uh international gateway at Epcot and you're you're close to Hollywood Studios the rooms here do have kind of a beachy theme they've they've been renovated so it's toned down a lot more than it than it used to be
2: if I had to pick uh, of all the deluxe we've gone through now, I'd probably pick either Polynesian yacht and beach uh, on the boardwalk area
1: or or contemporary so I all these are great resorts. I think if I had to kind of rank them here, I would probably go Polynesian as my favorite you know everyday you know resort that I would want to stay at you know over and over again but on my bucket list is definitely Animal Kingdom Lodge. I think that's a place I'd love to go visit. I'd love to stay for a couple of days and to see how the interaction is with the wildlife. But I think I'd eventually, you know, for an everyday trip, just want to go on the monorail loop. All right. Well,
0: let's let's move on down to the moderates, and not a whole lot of moderate hotels at Disney World. I've stayed at, I guess I've stayed at all three of these now. So, the the three that we've got are Caribbean Beach Resort, Coronado Springs, and Port Orleans, which used to be Dixie Dixie Riverside, Dixie Landing, Dixie Landing. So Caribbean Beach is Caribbean-themed, right? And it's been very newly renovated. I stayed there several years ago, and it was in pretty bad shape pre-renovation. And and they did tear down about half of this resort to build the Riviera. Uh, and Caribbean Beach is also a uh, a Skyliner stop.
2: Yeah, so it, being that we did the Skyliner, we got to – I've stayed at almost all three. I've stayed at, obviously, Port Orleans, French Quarter, and Riverside. I've stayed at Coronado Springs. and. Uh, Caribbean Beach is kind of on the bucket list, actually looking at that as a anniversary trip. But yeah, I, I mean, Caribbean Beach is, is a well-known resort and it is a part of the Skyliner. So if you are at a Skyliner resort, you'll see this uh, both from above, you'll get an aerial view of it, and you'll actually blow through on, uh, on the Skyliner station. So yeah, Caribbean Beach is a, a neat resort. They've done a ton of renovations, as Pete mentioned, uh, and I think it's in really good shape now.
0: Yeah. And same with Coronado Springs. You know, we stayed at Coronado Springs, I guess, post-renovation, right? Because the the, the room had been – the room had definitely been renovated. They had put in the new flooring and the new beds and all that furniture and all that kind of stuff. But they did build the, uh, the Grand Destino Tower here now, which is huge and new and impressive. And, uh, and, and Coronado Springs is really the convention center hotel, right? This is where the convention center is. This is where – when there's business travelers at Disney World, they tend to stay. Is it Coronado Springs?
2: And I, and I like the Coronado Springs. Is it my favorite of the moderates? No, but it definitely is a, a hotel that uh, I understand why it's a moderate. We had a really good time when we stayed there. And, and, it, and it keeps you in the Disney bubble like all these do. So, uh, And lastly, on the moderates, it's Port Orleans French Quarter and Riverside, which used to be Dixie Landing. It's the largest resort on property. Uh, It's themed to New Orleans, French Quarter, and Mississippi River. I'll tell you, you do feel it as being the largest resort on property. I stayed there a couple years ago and had a preferred room. And and in a very polite way, I I called Disney and I said, I'm not sure what this would be preferred to. Because it was near nothing. Because it's such an expansive property. And so, a really, really good resort once you learn how to navigate it. There are multiple bus stops, so you don't always have to go to the main bus stop out front, which certainly helps when you figure that out. Uh, and then there's strategic ways you can park uh, to have better access to your car. But it's a huge resort. It's a great theme resort, great family resort. Uh, it just is large. And I know, Matt, you've stayed at, at this resort as well.
1: Yeah, I've, I've stayed at, at French Quarter and, and Riverside. Um, I, my, one of my earliest memories actually was when it was Dixie Landing. And I went and stayed with my family when I was you know pretty young but like tom said you know i have gotten lost here especially like my first or second day trying to find my room and there is no other property on disney at disney that i have ever gotten lost trying to find my room so be very be very careful when you're walking around here if you stay here but aside from that i think that there's two pools here i think that they're they're great pools i think that the you know walking around the resort especially the main areas of the resort are, are pretty awesome i think it has great theming and you can't go wrong you know at port orleans french quarter or riverside in my opinion or any or any of these moderates for that matter and and
0: i would throw and i i didn't i didn't mention this when we when we started with the moderates but saratoga springs may be in here i mean it's a dvc property but i think it's more of a moderate than I, it's it's not really in the same class as all the deluxe DVC properties in my opinion. So, and you can book rooms at uh, at Saratoga Springs, but it is a DVC property. So, finally, moving moving on down, we have the value. We've we've discussed the value at length. You've got the three All Star All Star movies, sports, and music. You've got Pop Century, which is similarly themed to the All Stars, and then you also have Art of Animation and Art of Animation is the newest. Of these value resorts. These are themed with giant things, right? Yeah, giant let, balls, let giant
2: characters. Talking about Pop Century, because I think there's a... And okay, and, and let me say this too. I haven't stayed at Art of Animation, so I can't speak to it there. I was really impressed with Pop Century. So I know Pete stayed there years ago with his wife and, and made mention, hey, great location. Bus system was good. You know, kind of exactly what you're looking for for a budget-friendly option. I uh, looked at it with my wife, uh, one of our first trips together, and we ended up staying at All-Star Movies, which was fine. I was more familiar with it. Um, but this most recent trip, we stayed at Pop Century, and those rooms are recently renovated. And the difference in Pop Century as a value resort and the All-Stars, for example, is at Pop Century, you have clean beds and hardwood floors, and it's really nice, clean. It To me, I, I would be surprised if the price range doesn't move up because- it is that much better than the all-stars where you don't have the queen beds. You have the old dingy carpet, a little bit of a smell to them. Have they renovated all-star? I see Pete shaking his they're, head.
0: They're, they're working on it. And I don't know if they've finished all of them now, but that's, that's, they're going to those hardwood floors in all of them. Now I don't think there's room for queen beds in, in the all-stars.
2: Yeah. I think that was a big deal because we had we had three in a room. So we had my wife, myself and my mom and my wife and I are fine sharing a, you know, sharing a, a double or a twin, whatever, but having the queen was certainly much more comfortable after a day in the park. Uh, and I would imagine Art of Animation is probably falls in the same realm of pop century. Maybe probably a touch nicer because they have the family There's, rooms. They
0: have the they have the suites, which which are designed to hold more people. And and Art of Animation. Is themed. You've got cars, Finding Nemo, Little Mermaid, and Lion King. Little Mermaid are the are the family suites. I mean, they're not they're not huge, right? You're going to be more comfortable in a in a deluxe or a moderate. But but yeah, they are bigger rooms. And Art of Animation does have interior corridors as well.
2: And, and another thing that I, I don't think we mentioned, Art of Animation and Pop Century would be on the Skyliner route, which I think first trip to Disney wasn't a huge fan of the Skyliner, and then this last one when I stayed at Pop Century. Absolutely loved it. It's devastating when it's when there's a bad storm because they don't run it, but that's something to keep in mind as well. Uh, and I did notice they are now pushing people at those resorts to use the Skyliner, so the buses have slowed down going to those resorts, which I don't really agree with Disney's decision there because if someone has a great fear of heights, you shouldn't force them into the Skyliner. Uh, but that's kind of those are kind of my thoughts there.
1: One thing I, I think we should talk about really quickly is we're going to dive into. The Disney Vacation Club. We're going to dive in to staying off property, but while we're still talking about um, moderate value and deluxe resorts, you know, what's your line of thinking when you make a decision to stay on property? So when you're not going DVC and you're not, you know, going to go off property, so you're going to stay at Disney. How do you work through that thought process of, you know, here's where I'm going to stay? Uh, so for me, I always go value because I'm trying to, you know, spend the least amount of money possible at Disney World. But I know and sometimes you guys have found um, a moderate to be priced, you know, not too much more expensive than a value. And you have some friends that are going and, you know, why not do a moderate, you know, over a value. But I mean, do you guys pretty much just stay in that value range? You know, what would make you go to a deluxe? Um, Tom talked about a honeymoon trip or, or an anniversary trip coming up where he, you know, is looking at staying on property for Disney, you know, just go into that kind of thought process.
0: Well, it depends on the trip, I think, because, you know these all these resorts have different rooms that fit different different amounts of people first off so if you're going with a large group versus going with two people you know that that factors into your decision making process and and yeah budget definitely figures into it you know i'm i'm planning a trip with with my daughter and it'll be her first trip later on this year and we're going to stay at contemporary or grand floridian or polynesian i mean that's that we're going to stay there like that's the decision that's that i've made and, and I'll budget accordingly for that, you know, be it a DVC room or be it just us booking a regular room. That's where we're going to stay. So it really, your budget, I think, is a big factor in that. But but also, you know, there are certain rooms that you can sleep five people in. And I think about a, a studio at Boardwalk. you can You can sleep five people in. There are some rooms that don't hold more than four people. And, and you know, you're not going to fit four people in an all-star room very comfortably.
2: Yeah, so I think my thought process is, if we're going to take DVC out of it, because there, there's the whole dynamic of renting the Points, I'm probably, depend, it depends how many people. If it's just my wife and I, I might look to go a little bit nicer. If we're going with a group, it's imperative for me to have two queen beds. You know, Pete, Coronado Springs had two queen beds, and the moderates have that. And that was part of the process, part, the thought process, and we ended up choosing that resort. Uh, Pop Century, I actually, I think I was looking at Caribbean Beach for this last trip, and then I found out Pop Century had the two queens. They were fully done on the renovations. And it was significantly cheaper. So yeah, I don't know. I think the type of trip you're going to take, at least for for my family, that's how we dictate which resort we're going to choose on property.
0: So then looking at the DVC just very briefly, Disney Vacation Club is obviously Disney's timeshare. You don't have to be a DVC member to, to stay at one of these DVC properties. You can actually book these rooms through Disney directly. They're expensive. Or you can rent points there's a there's a wide range of sites that you can rent points from. You can look at on eBay and rent points. Typically, the going rate for points is about 17 bucks a point is what you're going to pay. Now you can you can stay at these Disney Vacation Properties. You know if you consider 17 dollars a point, you can save hundreds of dollars staying at one of these DVC properties. It's still going to be expensive. I mean you're not gonna you're not gonna stay at the Grand Floridian for 100 dollars a night. Don't get me wrong. You're still going to pay for it. But you may only pay $500 a night versus $800 or $900 a night. So you can save a, a significant amount of money.
2: I've looked at this route for our anniversary trip. And Pete, I, I didn't hear if you mentioned it, but David's uh, David's DVC rental is probably the best website that I know of to do this. And essentially you go on, you put down a deposit. It's 100% money back guarantee if they can't find the resorts you want or something comparable that you would accept. Um I did this for the trip with, uh, for our anniversary trip and unfortunately could not get the resort we wanted. So I'm going to get the $129 or $119, or whatever it is back. This is, this is the, the safest way to do it because you're guaranteed. This is a legit website with legit DVC point rentals, uh, rental points. But the one thing I'll say is you need to, if you're going to go the DVC route, this can't be a, I want to go to Disney in a month and do, it's not going to be available. So you need to really look far in advance.
0: Yeah, I mean, you, you need to look six, seven, eight months in advance because yeah, people book these well in advance. And, and to me, this is the cheapest, cheapest option for if you're going with a large group because, because you can get, you know, you can get a villa or you can get a two bedroom DVC room and pay less than you would getting two regular rooms on property. So just to run through real quick the DVC properties. Grand Floridian, Contemporary, Polynesian, Animal Kingdom, Beach Club, Boardwalk, Old Key West, Saratoga Springs, and then Wilderness Lodge has two. So there, there are a significant amount, and then they're building reflections also.
2: If I was If I would pick one to – if I would tell you to stay away from, and this is no knock on it because that's a wonderful resort, but if you're going to spend this kind of money, unless you get a really good deal, I would not personally stay at Saratoga Springs that because of proximity of where it's actually located, I don't think there's a big benefit in doing that. Uh, Pete or Matt, I I don't know if you agree, disagree.
0: No comment. Saratoga Springs is the biggest DVC property or the biggest DVC resort on property, right? So there are a lot of rooms there. It's very spread out. And, And yeah, it's not necessarily close to anything. So you're not really getting the advantage of well, I'm staying at the at the Polynesian, or or I'm staying at the Contemporary, where you've got, you know, the proximity to the parks. You don't get that with Saratoga Springs, and, and Saratoga Springs does tend to be a lot cheaper than the other DVC properties.
2: And, and my wife stayed at Saratoga Springs on a family trip. They they and the way they did it, they knew someone that that they could rent the DVC points directly from. And and I wouldn't go this route unless you're you're confident in the relationship there that it's legit and. And she loved it. She said, Sarah, "If she hadn't stayed at Saratoga Springs, that was one that David's came back and offered." She said, "Well, I would want to do that, but since I've already been there, I'd like to try a new resort." So that's that's one of the other reasons I say that it, it wasn't. Uh, it, it just if you're going to pay
1: that kind of money, there's better DVC resorts that are a little closer. I don't want to go on a tangent or you know go off the deep end here, but what's the average cost to be a DVC member annually? Do you guys know off the top of your head?
0: It it really depends. I mean, there's different. Uh... There's different buy-in levels. I think I think Disney just changed the minimum to 75 points. Is is the least that you can buy? They're selling Riviera pretty hard right now, and it's it's about 200 bucks a point. Maybe that may be a little bit off. So so you're looking at a a minimum of a twenty thousand dollar upfront cost, and then you also pay maintenance fees on top of that, and it's six or seven bucks a point. I want to say so. Well, yeah, as Pete mentioned, I mean, DVC is a huge investment. So yeah, it's expensive. It's a huge investment. No, no question about it. And and if you're not going several times a year, you know, if you're not using your points, you can bank them for a year. But if you're not using your points or or selling your points or whatever, it's it's definitely not worth it.
1: Yeah. Well, like I said, I didn't want to spend too much time on that. Um, let's move to you know outside the Disney bubble. Let's talk about some off-property options. I know that we've all taken advantage of off-property in the past. Um, and the one thing, just to remember, you're going to lose the Disney bubble when you do this. But there are cost savings. Um, like, I know Tom and has stayed in the Disney Springs area a ton when he's gone on recent trips. You know, in Disney Springs, you have a Best Western, a Doubletree, a Wyndham, a Hilton, a Holiday Inn, um, a Bee Resort, a... Uh, Four Seasons, Bonnet Creek Resort, uh, Buena Vista Palace. I mean, you know, kind of your your typical, you know, hotels you can stay in where you know exactly what you're getting. They're the exact same hotel experience everywhere you go.
0: So, So the advantage that you have with these Disney Springs area hotels is that if you stay at one of these hotels, you get the same benefits that you would if you were staying on Disney property. And, you know, the two biggest things that you get with these are, fast pass and 60 day fast passes and uh, an extra magic hours. And we'll talk about the benefits here in a minute, but but it's important to note that if, if you stay at a hotel that is a designated Disney Springs area hotel, and there's only like eight of them, you do get these extra benefits.
2: Yeah. And I do this quite often. It's, you're definitely not in the Disney bubble. So I don't want to, I don't want to lead you that way to think you are. But the benefits and the cost savings kind of have been the reason I do it. I have hotel points in a lot of cases, and so I, I've been able to use those and, and uh, cut down on the overall cost. But yeah, for the most part, these are, these are fairly well-kept hotels, and if you do Disney like we typically do, you don't spend a lot of time in them anyway. So that's kind of my thought process there. Now, another route that I really like going is the Airbnb route. Did this for a big trip for the race weekend. Pete, we're kind of kicking around the idea, I think, well, it depend, I don't know, uh, for a May trip, I'm doing an Airbnb, it is dirt cheap, and you get space, uh, in most cases you have really, really good proximity to the parks, the one we stayed at was 12 minutes from my door to parking my car at Hollywood Studios, and if you have a, an annual pass holder or someone that has free parking, it makes a lot of sense, because you can just drive in and out of the park, no biggie. So that's an off-property option where you don't get the benefits of the Disney Springs area hotels or the on-property hotels or the DVC resorts as far as 60-day fast passes and extra magic hours. But if you've been to Disney a lot and you're not stressing, I guess, over having the 60-day window, which you really shouldn't be cuz there's you can you still almost find everything you need within 30 days. I would recommend the Airbnb Airbnb route because it's cheap, especially with a big group. I mean, Pete, the cost savings was ridiculous.
1: Yeah, it, it absolutely was. When you go this Airbnb route, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, we do this for a lot of guys trips or, you know, honestly, isn't like Airbnb going to be pretty far off, you know, the longer drive to get to Disney?
2: No, for the most part, that's, that's what I was saying. I mean, 12 minutes. Yeah, from, you might just
1: said, I heard like the travel time. I just want to clarify.
2: Yeah, no, for, for the most part, there's a ton of options right there by Disney. A lot of the Disney cast members, you know, there's apartments, there's there's townhouses, there's condos, ton of opportunity in uh in that disney area to get an airbnb and be really really close to the park so no it, it has not been an issue for me and most properties will advertise five minute drive to disney 15 minute drive to disney one mile from disney uh, so you'll be able to get a generalized location of where the house is
1: yeah i apologize i zoned out for a second i'm actually playing a game against pete right now on my phone <laughs> so i wasn't really listening to you sorry about that tom so the other the other two
0: options that We've got under off-property options, but they're really on-properties, the Swan and Dolphin. These are both Marriott-owned properties. So if you're a Marriott member, I think it's Marriott Bonvoy is what they're – you can use Marriott points here. They You do still get the, the Disney uh, Disney benefits staying at these hotels, but they are not technically Disney, uh, Disney hotels.
2: But their location is great. I mean, walking distance to Epcot and Hollywood Studios or a short boat ride, very Disney feel inside of them. You are right by Fantasia's Putt-Putt area. Fantasia Gardens, yeah. Yep, which uh, I don't know if I've even shared my latest experience there. Horrible. But uh, actually, the third third toughest Putt-Putt course in the world is there. So that's uh that's what my experience is about. I didn't get to play it. But anyway, yeah, those are the off-property options. Now, Swan and Dolphin, I agree with it being its own property, but I get why you said off-property because it's not a Disney Resort hotel. So – let's talk through some of the benefits. So we've talked about, we've given you the deluxe, the moderate, the value resorts. We've talked through DVC, talked through some off-property options, uh, whether that be Disney Springs area or Swan and Dolphin, who kind of get the benefits, or that's just Orlando in general, the hotels in that area or the Airbnbs. But some of the the benefits of staying on property, Disney Springs area, DVC, you know, Swan and Dolphin, extra magic hours, six-day fast passes. Those are two of the top, most wanted benefits that we've hit. But another one that I don't know if we spent time on was kind of Disney transportation, whether that be the bus system, whether that be the monorails, the boats, a lot of different ways of trans- to get transportation.
0: And I feel like Disney's up in their game here, right? Because they, they've they added the Skyliner. If, if if they could somehow include minivans in this, I mean, people would there'd be no question people would stay on property. They have been offering, offering more options and, and up in their game. And, and once, you know, don't get me wrong, once you're on property, you do have the, uh, you do have the ability to use this Disney transportation. You're not limited to only if you're staying on Disney property. Uh, and, and to go along with that, Magical Express too, if you're flying into MCO, not Sanford, just MCO, you do, if you're staying on Disney property, have the ability to use Magical Express. Disney will pick you up from the airport, and they'll take you back to the airport via bus. It's not the most convenient timing. It took me significantly longer to get from the airport to the resort via Magical Express and and vice versa than it did just grabbing an Uber or having somebody pick me up. But it is an option. You know, if you've got no way to get from the airport to Disney, you've got Magical Express, and it's it's free. It's included with your stay.
1: What's funny, you talk about Uber, and I think that. The rise of Uber and the rise of similar technology where you can have someone, you know, drive you that's not a cab. I think that's when Disney kind of upped their transportation game. They always had the buses. They always had the monorail, but we saw them, we saw them bring, um, the, the minivans to market and that was kind of the counter Uber directly. And now we see the Skyliner and Disney's just making it a lot easier to move around their property when you stay at a Disney resort. Um, and one of the other things is like the free magic bands. You, you got to have those to get in the park now, essentially. You don't have to have now, them. You know what I'm saying? Like it makes the park experience a lot easier if you have a magic band.
0: There's still a lot of people that use cards. Um, you know, for me, the, what what sells this is the ability to use your magic band at touch points and charge things to your room. You're not able to do this if you're not staying on property. It's a good, it's a good and bad thing, right? Because it it uh, it enables you to spend a lot of money that you don't know you're spending – but it does make it a lot easier. I mean, you can literally walk out of your room. Your magic band's your room key. It's your credit card. It's your admission ticket. It's everything.
1: And what what do, what yeah. do they cost just if you if you're not staying on property, just so folks know. 12
2: to, 12 to fifteen bucks, give or yeah. take, on tax to get a base. Yeah, they're not band. they're not expensive. Another thing that we used quite a bit on our last trip in December when we stayed at Pop Century was the direct shipment of purchases in the park to the resort rooms. Uh, well, to the resorts themselves. That was something that was nice. You buy something, especially if it's breakable. Hey, don't really want to deal with it. You fill out a form, and Disney takes care of it for you. That was really nice for us. Just uh, it keeps you. You don't have to worry about breaking what you've purchased, and it keeps your uh, it keeps your hands not full of souvenirs. So. Uh, that's a nice benefit. And then I think, lastly, we've said this sentence quite a bit, remaining in the Disney bubble, being in the Disney bubble. You do. You stay in the Disney bubble. Uh, maybe not as much staying in the Disney Springs area hotels, even though you have Disney Springs right there, and that certainly has a Disney feel to it, depending on where you're at in Disney Springs. But it is nice to to kind of unwind and let Disney do the driving for you, I think is something they say on the buses.
0: So what do we do? What's, what's the decision here? And I guess, you know, for me – Two, two different trips here, right? If, if you're, if you're looking to really have the full Disney experience and you don't have a budget and you don't really care, stay on site. If, if you're really looking to maximize what you, what you get for your money, Disney Springs area hotels are, are, you know, and you still want the Disney benefits, the Disney Springs area hotel is, is your best bet. You know, you're going to get the most bang for your buck there because you can stay at, you know, a Hilton. Or Bonnet Creek area, you know, the Four Seasons. You can stay at the Four Seasons for cheaper than you can stay at, at Grand Floridian, right? And and have a much nicer room, a firework view room for sign- half the half the cost of what you would pay at Grand Floridian.
1: Yeah, and I think another another thing to remember here is, you know, I think the biggest benefit to staying on property is just the Disney transportation. Like one hundred percent, I think that's the number one benefit. So, if if I were to go, let's let's say with Tom. And Tom is an annual pass holder. He can, you know, park for free at Walt Disney World. Then that actually is more of an incentive to stay at an Airbnb, like Tom's talked about earlier, because we can drive there, we'd have no fees parking, we can kind of move around the parks however we want, and um, you know not have to worry about that. So,
2: yeah, I think I think they've kind of nailed it. If you're gonna want to do the entire Disney experience, stay on property. If you if you want to stay in a really nice resort but not spend quite the amount of money, do DVC point rentals. And if you're trying to do it as cheap as possible, Pop Century is a good way to do that. Staying on property or doing the Disney Springs area hotels. If you don't care about any of the benefits, go 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 get an Airbnb. Uh, and if you can if you have transportation to and from the park or you have free parking or whatever it may be, go get an Airbnb. Even if you have to pay for parking each day, it's still going to be cheaper. So I think any route you go is a good route. It just depends what kind of trip you want to have for yourself.
0: Yep. And, and you know, the, the benefits are good. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's it's great to have those benefits. The 60-day fast passes, especially, you know, if you're not going to rope drop a, uh, a park or if you're trying to do a, multiple parks in one day or if the park you're going to happens to have ma- extra magic hours, those benefits are great. And the fact that Disney has extended these to Disney Springs area hotels tells me that, uh Maybe they realize they're charging a little bit too much for their uh, for their rooms.
2: Yeah, no doubt, no doubt at all.
0: All right, well, uh, I think that uh, I think that wraps it up. Any questions, comments? You know, let us know. Love to hear what you guys think. Where you prefer to stay? Any anything we missed? You know, you can rent condos and that kind of stuff too. But I think Airbnb has pretty much taken care of all that. So love to hear from you guys. Uh, Tom, secret trivia question: What do we got this week?
2: Yeah, so going to the secret of the night. Did you know? There are eight total elevators for the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror. I d- I don't know why I thought there was four. I thought there were three. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I saw Pete's reaction of three. Yeah, three. There's I,
0: there's two sides, so there there would have to be an even number. I thought right? it was four. But you know what?
1: I thought it was four. I thought that maybe there was a third one they kept in.
0: Well, yeah. So so you have you have one loading on each side. You have one in the ride at each. You know, during that you have one in the drop sequence. So in the in the tower itself. That's six, and I guess one unloading. So that's eight. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah, I don't know. Regardless, that that kind of stuck out to me as a secret. So I feel like I asked a trivia question last week. In what year did Walt Disney World receive its fifty millionth visitor? Any guesses, gentlemen?
0: I'm guessing it was quick. Ew. 1975. 1976. 1976.
2: 1976.
0: Because I mean, how much? 25 million a year now at this point.
2: Something, yeah, something around there. But anyway, yeah, 1970, 1976.
0: So five years in.
2: However, let's go to the trivia question of this week. Trivia question of this week What Muppet runs the projector in Hollywood Studios Muppet Vision 3D? Uh, so, what oh, that's Muppet a good one. runs the projector in Hollywood's, or in Hollywood Studios Muppet Vision 3D? You can tweet us at MinduWDW Podcast or email us at MinduWDW at gmail.com.
0: All right. Well, that's all we have this week. Please tune in next week for some more Disney magic. Look for us on Twitter at Podcast. If you have any suggestions, questions, or comments, please tweet us or email us at menduwdw at gmail.com. Also, be sure to check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review. It really does help us out. Thank you so much for listening and giving us the most valuable thing you have, your time. We'll see you next week.